0: But today, uh, I've got something I want to share with you from uh, Luke chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, let's go to Luke chapter 2. If you don't have one, uh, just download version on your phone. It's a great version of the Bible. I read out of the New Living Translation. And so the series is the road to a promise that uh, Mary and Joseph in Luke chapter 2, God had given them a promise, the promise. They'd given them Jesus, but they had to travel down three different roads. And, and so what promise are you believing God for? because the three roads that Mary and Joseph had to go down are the same three roads that we all have to go down, and all three of these roads are found in Luke chapter 2. We see that we started with week one, the road to Bethlehem, and then we talked last week about the road to Jerusalem, and now this final road, and it's a tough one, but it's the road to Nazareth, the road to Nazareth, and I want to talk to you today about losing sight of the promise Losing sight of the promise. So Luke chapter 2, Jesus is 12 years old right now. Okay, so he's to fast forward in his life. He's 12. Do we have any, um, any middle school boys in this service? I don't know if we have any middle, anybody in middle, any middle school boys right there. Come on, my, get, get up, my friend. I want them to see how old Jesus was. Stand up, stand up, and, and, and march your little body up here. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, no, come on. No, like run, like run, like, you know, like you're an athlete. All right. Come on, man. So, so Jesus is 12, and if you're opening up Luke chapter 2, okay, we're going to start in verse 41, and uh, a, lot, a lot of these people don't know you. I, I, I've, know, I've known him b- before you were even a thought in your mom and dad's head. I, I knew you, okay? Um, well, Jesus knew you. I didn't know you then. I don't even know what I'm saying. Uh, tell her about your name. Noah. And, Noah. And, and, and what do you want Jesus to bring, not Santa, but Jesus to bring you for Christmas? Come on. Now's your chance. What is it? You don't know what, you got like a week to go, man. You don't know what you want? Ask big. Like, you want a game system? You want, have you dreamed of that PS4? Have you dreamed of the Xbox? Have you dreamed of one of those systems? Come on, we can believe in faith right now. Can't we, people, believe in faith? what? <laughs> right now, Sarah's like, stop. Stop right now. What are you doing? We're just gonna believe in faith for that, you man. All right, so you, you stay right there. Don't go anywhere, because you're my, you're my living example right now. This is what Jesus looked like. He was just as good looking and put together as, as Noah, right? I mean, that's a good biblical name. And, and so let's, let's stand with, stand, I don't want to stand alone, stand up. Come on, let's all stand with him together here. All right, and I, I got a lot of verses I'm going to read, man, so hang, hang with me. But I'm going to let you sit down before I preach, okay? All right, it says, it says this uh, in, in verse 41. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. So did your parents take you to the fair this year? Did you go to the fair this year? You went with a friend? Okay, so this is like going to the fair every year, okay? So they're going to the fair, and when Jesus was 12 years old, so 12 years old, looking this good, he'd be looking good. He's looking good, ain't he? Come on. Yeah, he's looking good. They attended this festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home in Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first. Has that ever happened to you, Noah? Like your parents, they didn't even know you were gone. Yeah, it has, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Now he's speaking truth up in here. Come on. But they they assumed he was among the other travelers, but when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking around for him among their relatives and their, their friends. You ever had your parents start looking for you? That's not a good day, is it? When they're looking for you and they can't find you, that ain't a good day. So when they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there three days later they finally discovered him in the temple sitting among the religious teachers listen to this listening to them uh, and listening to them and asking questions okay listen the religious teachers okay have you ever have you ever had your teachers like listen to you have you ever listened to your teachers yeah you're always listening that's good all right okay so that's what Jesus is doing you're like Jesus my friend all right okay you're good you're good. So his parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. Mom ever talk like that? Yeah. You're doing good, man. You're doing good. But why did you need to search? Jesus said, didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Just like Noah, you're always obedient to your mom and dad. Can I get an amen, Noah? Give me a big amen. Yeah, amen, yeah. They didn't understand what he meant. And, and so anyway, and his mother, she was, his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all his people. Man, I'm ser- let me be serious for a moment. That's why I pray over you. That's my prayer for you. That's tough getting up for all these people. But God's got purposes. He's got plans for you, and that's our prayer. So your mama, I know your mom and your dad, and I know that when you were a little baby, they, they dedicated you, because I saw that happen. And now, now look at him. Now look at him, Sarah. I are mean, you kidding me? Look at that. But you're going to grow in wisdom, favor, and stature with God and man. Amen to that, okay? You can go sit down. Amen, sit down. Father, in this moment, we thank you, God, for this, this story. We thank you for kids. Thank you for the love of this church for children, God, I pray for every parent here. I, man, we're all in the trenches and we're trying hard, whether a kid is 2, 12, 22, or 32, doesn't matter. We're, we're fighting hard for our kids. And these parents, God, they need your favor. They need hope. They need to know that you're with them. And God, would you speak to us today? We got a message I know that you want to speak today that's powerful. And I would just ask that all of us will be open, our eyes and ears will be open to Jesus today. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you can even pray today and say, man, God, all right, speak to me. Do you have, what do you have for me today? In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, you can sit down. Uh, Okay, I want some honesty here today, and I need some audience participation. Uh, parents, talking to parents. How many of you would say uh, at one time or uh, another, um, you left a kid somewhere or you lost a kid somewhere? Raise your hand. All right. Okay. All right. Good. I'm, I'm, rest of y'all are lying, okay? You don't to come on. And you're like, well, I don't, want, I don't want to admit that in church. Yeah. We have all had, had those moments, haven't we, where we've lost a kid or, or we've left a kid. I, I have actually left all Four of my kids, I, I, not at the same time, but um, I, you know, but one at, at a time, and hopefully, hopefully, you did it on accident, not on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, oh, hey, he's not here. Cool, hit it, go, go. He's catching up. Hit it, go. <laughs> I mean, you said we've all had those moments where um, we have lost a kid. Have you? Um, let me ask you this: Have you, as a as a kid, do you remember your parents ever? Um, leaving you. Did anybody remember your parents, like, leaving you somewhere? Oh, they did? Oh, that's terrible. Like, multiple times? Like, multiple times? We had had somebody in first service that had been left multiple times um, by her brothers, okay? I mean, I'm not going to point them out, Cooper Darnell. I'm not going to (laughs) point that brother out. Dude, you left your sister Wednesday. What were you... Little Ellie Darnell, sweet girl. Listen, this is true. A couple weeks ago, she's standing, first of all, in the lobby of the church, and she says this. This is all she says. Again. (laughs) So then Wednesday night, we have this big youth Christmas party, and the parking lot is empty. Everybody's gone home, and Eric, our youth pastor, goes back into the youth building, and Ellie's in there going, vacuuming away. Everybody's gone. Cooper and his brothers went to empty the trash, took off, and completely forgot about their sister. man, wow, I mean, but we've all had those moments, haven't we and um, what's funny, I think, is that dads and moms um, we have similar reactions, but different. Like, I mean, when if you've ever been somewhere and you've lost your kid in a store, have you ever had that happen? Like, panic sets in on you. I mean, you go to DEF 5. Moms, you're like, lock the store down. You're thinking, man, somebody's taking my kid. You're freaking out. You're like, where's my kid? What's happening with my kid? Here's what dads are thinking. Man, I, I, oh, man, I hope my wife doesn't find out. I hope my wife doesn't find out. That's, that's all, all we care about. Oh, but here's, here's, does anybody find it just a bit humorous that Mary and Joseph lost Jesus? Like, he's the Messiah. He's, you, you lost God. How do you? <laughs> you're in charge of God, and you lost God. All mankind's counting on you, <laughs> and you lost God. I, I, one thing we do know for sure, it was Joseph's fault. We know that. Yeah, we learned that last week. You remember that last week? It's always the dad's fault. Mom's, you entrust. Like, you see, Mary entrusted Jesus to, to Joseph, and she comes in. She's like, hey, where, where's Jesus? And you know his reaction. Well, I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? Well, I don't know. And she's like, well, you don't know where your son is? Well, you know, uh, technically it's his son. <laughs> so, be mad at anybody. <laughs> mad at him. <laughs> Wish I could pull that one. So let me ask you this about a promise. Have you ever, have you ever lost sight of a promise in your life? There, there was something that, a promise that God gave to you, and you were you were believing for that that promise, but um, now it's just almost like a, a dif- distant memory. It's just kind of a faded away. And you were excited about it at one point, but you just can barely even remember it. Right now, And you just kind of have, have lost sight of that promise. This is, this is Mary and Joseph, and this is where we find them on the road to Nazareth. And what I believe today is that, that God wants to fulfill the promises in your life. I believe that with everything within me. In fact, I want you to tell three people right now, he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Come on, tell three people in front of you, behind you, tell them he, he's going to do it, he, he's, he's going to do it. Know it's going to happen. Listen, I, I have been... More excited about this message than I have any message that i preached probably all year. I could not wait to get here and share what I have because I'm hoping and I'm believing today that that promise is going to be renewed in you today. Like, that you can get a a picture of that, that promise in your life again. Like, what would it mean to you, what would it look like to you to see that promise fulfilled in your life? to see that relationship restored. Can you get a picture of that? Like what does it look like for that relationship to finally be fully restored? What does it look like for that, that friend or that neighbor or, or that person that you know that you're believing that they're going to come to faith in Jesus? What does it look like when you, when you see that person come to What is that going to look like for you? If you're single, I was talking to somebody after service that's single who said, Man, this series has really meant a lot to me because when you're single, I mean, you're hoping you're going to find Mr. Right or Mrs. Right and you're believing in faith for that person. What would it look like for you in your life to finally find Mr. Right or Mrs. Right? And this is if you got a picture of that, what would it look like? What would it mean to you? What would financial freedom look like to you? I mean, we're a week away from Christmas and trying to put all these gifts underneath the tree and trying to stretch every dollar. I am with you on that one. People I'm like, I'm sorry, you ain't getting paid this month. 3 of us have done that. Okay? Nobody else has done that. I mean, <laughs> 3 of us have. Okay. So, but you have you're like, man, I can you get a vision in your mind that of cutting up those credit cards and being financially Free. Can you see yourself healed? Can you see yourself where I'm not sick anymore, where I don't walk that way anymore, where the doctor comes and says, you got a clean bill of health? What's that dream? What's that picture? Maybe there's a ministry that God has birthed in you that you want to start. What does it look like when it's rocking on all cylinders? Man, and just people finding hope and healing and peace and purpose and this is happening, these, this is what's happening with children and adults and this, I see this and I say, can you get a picture of that? Because what happens to us so many times is we lose sight of the promise. Life just happens and we lose sight of the promise. So my hope for you today is that you can, you can get a new picture of that promise in your mind. You can see it again and my hope And my prayer for you is this, that you will believe for that promise once again. Because I believe that God wants to fulfill a lot of promises in this place today. So here's Mary and Joseph. They're they're on the road to, to Nazareth, and they have lost sight of the promise. They have lost sight of Jesus. And in verse 41 and 42, it says this, every year, Jesus' parents went to the temple for the Passover festival. And when Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival. Say this with me, what? As usual. So here's the thing. Mary and Joseph, they didn't intentionally abandon Jesus, okay? I mean, that's pretty obvious they didn't intentionally abandon him. But I I think what happened to them is they just kind of got distracted by the day-to-day routine of life. Life just kind of crept in on them. Think about this. Jesus is 12 years old right now and and it says in the in the passage here that Every year, they went to the festival, So and it said they did it as usual, so they're in the day-to-day, come on, parents, day-to-day grind, the day-to-day routine. I mean, they have taken Jesus, I mean, they've gone through the diaper stage, they've gone through the potty training stage. I mean, yeah, Jesus was a man, he was a human being, they had to potty train Jesus. I mean, they had to put Jesus in time out. I don't know if they did or not, but that's kind of funny to me, to think of Jesus being in time out, sitting in his little chair. But... I mean, they had, to do, they had to teach Jesus how to walk. You think it was hard to teach your kids how to walk? They had to teach Jesus how to walk on water. I mean, come on. That's tough. That's tough. They had all, I mean, they had to, I mean, they put the, I mean they're put they putting Jesus in youth sports. They're enrolling him in lacrosse because if Jesus was going to play a sport, he would play lacrosse. <laughs> so we you are like, i you're going to be at lunch today, and you're going to be like, that guy ain't funny at all. So Mary and Joseph, here they are. They're a long way from the excitement of the birth of Jesus, the shepherds, and the angels, and and the silent night. And I think this can happen to all of us. er Early on, we get Man, we we get excited, don't we? I mean, we're we're full of faith and we're we're passionate. And we're energetic about the promise. We're we're focused on the promise. Man, I'm getting out of debt. Man, I'm gonna get out of debt. Man, I'm gonna see this relationship healed. I, I'm gonna get that diploma. I'm gonna walk across that stage and I'm gonna get that degree. I'm gonna, I'm I am going to I'm gonna overcome this sickness. I mean, whatever it is that the promise, man, I'm gonna find that right person. Whatever it is that you're believing for, you're excited. You're focused and you're you're in on it but then life happens. I mean like with Mary and Joseph we get kind of get distracted by, by the day-to-day routine, don't we? Get up, go to work, come home, eat dinner watch TV, go to bed, get up, go to work, come home, watch TV, eat, go to bed, get up, go to work, come home, eat, watch TV, go to bed, on and on and on. And we get caught up in this day-to-day routine. And if it's not the day-to-day routine that distracts us, it's just the noise of today. I mean, we, we live in the age of distraction, do we not? I mean, we have, just in the palm of your hand is the biggest distraction of them all. I mean, I, I, mean, I can't keep up with the social media apps that I'm supposed to be keeping up with. I mean, it, 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 there was Facebook, and then, oh, it's not Facebook anymore. That's that's out. That's what your great-grandma does now. So you don't do Facebook anymore. I mean, you do Twitter. No, don't do Twitter. Twitter ain't cool, so don't do Twitter. And, and I'm not going to do uh, Pinterest. That ain't me. I ain't on that one. And then you got to get on Instagram. But if you're on Instagram and you don't post the pictures, no, that's old school. Now you do the Insta story. Oh, you do an Insta story? You're way out of bounds. Now you got to do Snapchat and on. And I'm just wore out trying to keep up with it. And then i got people who are saying, hey, did you see my post? Did you see my post? Did you? No, I didn't see your post. I have like over 1,000 friends. I didn't see your post. And if that doesn't distract us, then the email and the text messages that we receive will get us. I mean, I laugh at uh, just us as a staff. We do this all the time. Do we not, Eric? I mean, I'll I'll be sitting there at my desk and bing, an email will come in from Pastor Eric who's 10 feet away in the other office. I'm like, hey, I'm 10 feet away. No, I don't do that. You know what I do? I reply to him. He's 10 feet away. I mean, anybody remember the good old days when we actually used to use our voice? (laughs) Like talk to people like, it's old school to call somebody on the phone now. You don't call them anymore. That's old school. I mean, and then if that doesn't get us, then there's a distraction of television because it's not just TV. Oh, it's all the streaming apps, and I'm trying to keep up. I've got to have Netflix, and I've got to have Hulu, and I've got to have HBO, and I've got to have YouTube TV, and I've got to have Sling TV, and I've got to have that. and it just, it just wears you out. Does anybody remember? Do you remember the good old days when you had like 23 channels and the TV guy just kind of scrolled up the screen? And you'd be like, hey, what was on Channel 6? Hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Oh. All right, hang on two minutes. It's coming back. It's coming back. <laughs> do you remember that? I mean, man, do you remember the good old days when you used to, man, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, you better be home Wednesday night at 730. Why? Because the phone was attached to the wall. Maybe you didn't hear me. I'd say the phone used to be attached to the wall. We used to, you used to have to dial it like this. Yeah, that's, how we, that's how we did it back in the day. I mean, but there's just so many distractions and, and like, a, like a New Year's resolution, that promise just simply becomes a distant memory. Oh, oh, you know, I was believing for that. I was hoping for that. Yeah, oh, man, I guess, well, I don't know. And it just kind of gets pushed out of our lives. And then in, in verse 40, 45, continue on in the story. It says, when they couldn't find him, they they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. And now now say this with me, because this is important. What? Three days later, three days of searching, three days, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious leaders, listening to them and asking questions. Listen, some of you have been waiting longer than three days. Have you not? I mean, what can happen to us with a promise is the days turn into weeks, and the weeks turn into months, and then the months turn into years, and then discouragement begins to set in, because as, as the days do that, as the days go on, excitement and passion, they just begin to wane because you just wore out. And then you're just discouraged. And did I, did I even get a promise from God? I don't even remember getting a promise from God. Did you know what? I, I'm, I probably just made that up. Maybe I. You know what? Maybe I'm just not good enough. Ooh, that's a good one the devil plays on you. Maybe I'm just, you know if I was just a better follower of Jesus. Maybe I don't. What am I doing wrong? I got to be doing something wrong. I don't hear God's voice. I don't see God. And then the enemy comes in, and the enemy comes into you, and he's like. Yeah, you know what? You're never gonna see that relationship hole. <laughs> you might as well just, it's been too long. That's not a promise for you. You, you know what? You, you're never gonna get out of debt. You know what? Just buy the Christmas gifts, put them on another credit card, just keep going because you're never gonna get out of debt. Don't, don't give in that Christmas offering. <laughs> you kidding me? That's a joke. But that guy's saying that ain't true. Come on. You, you're never going to experience that financial freedom that you want. You're never going to get that degree that you desire or that diploma that you want. You're never going to find the right guy. You know what you need to do? Just settle. Just settle. This is the best it's going to get with this guy. You know, great. He's playing Xbox and eating Cheetos and living in his mom's basement. Awesome. <laughs> it's the best it's going to get. And, and then you, you just kind of settle. Proverbs uh, 13, 12 Solomon, the son of David, King David, guy who killed Goliath, said this, so true, hope deferred makes a heart sick. So the longer a promise takes, the more that disappointment sets in. Even for those of us who follow Jesus, the longer you wait, the harder. It gets but I love what he says, but what a, a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. see Mary and joseph they they uh, they 're a long way from the fulfillment of their promise they 're holding the promise, but the fulfillment of the promise won't be until the cross and the empty grave they 're just twelve years into a thirty three year promise. I mean, they're cultivating soil. Jesus is just a tiny little sprout here. And here's the thing about about trees and dreams, neither one of them grow overnight. Come on, tell three people right now, ain't going to happen overnight. I wish you would, but it ain't going to happen overnight. It isn't going to happen overnight. It's going to take some grit. It's going to take some determination. It's going to take some patience. It's going to take some perseverance. It's going to take some work in the soil. It's going to take looking at it like a sprout and going, really? This is the promise of God? Really? You don't think Mary and Joseph being in their humanness ever looked at Jesus and said, are you sure he's like 12? (laughs) That's the Savior of the world? Okay, 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 okay. I mean, it, it doesn't happen overnight. I was reading this week in, in Psalm, chapter, uh, Psalm 126, and it tells, uh, it's this song, and the, um, the children of Israel, this was written, they had been sent off into exile uh, for 70 years. This is another time when they found themselves as slaves in, in Babylon. And they were there for 70 years. And then finally, God said, I'm going to restore you. I'm going to, I'm going to bring you back. And finally, that, that promise came true. And so the children of Israel, the ones who were in captivity, they were released, and they began this long walk back to Jerusalem, and as they got closer and closer to Jerusalem, they began to sing this song. I mean can you imagine uh, that hundreds of thousands of people they're all singing this song, and they wrote the song down, and it's what we know today as Psalm 126. And in the middle of the song, it says this in verse five: "Those who what come on say this, those who what plant in tears, some of you are planting in tears." I mean, it's been tears and years of waiting, but it says uh, waiting for that harvest. You're going to plant in tears. You're going to harvest, though, with what? Come on, somebody, what? Shouts of joy. Oh, that's a good place to say amen. Come on, shout it like you mean it, amen. I mean, come on, that's, this is, they are shouting the promises of God Some of you are planting, and I want you to know it's not going to be wasted. You find yourself over here in Babylon, and you're wondering, is the promise ever going to come? And the tears are there. Listen, I I know I talked about this a few weeks ago, but today is my daughter Skye's birthday. She's 19 today. She's 19 today and she's actually working back in the nursery with those two beautiful babies and uh, and and I remember though the journey we had of adopting her i remember when we got that phone call from the state of Oregon saying hey would you would you adopt these children her brother and brother and sister together and and we said yes to the promise we said yes to the promise but we found ourselves for 2 years stuck in babylon we couldn't get anywhere you want to talk about planting in tears man, there was some serious weeping going on. I mean, I'm talking about weeping as a dad because I could a year went by. She celebrated her first birthday away from me somewhere else and she wasn't, you know, guys remember your, first, your kid's first birthday? Those of you parents, remember that? Remember, it's, it's a joyful time, right? It's an exciting time. It's a fun time. It wasn't for me. It was a time of weeping. It was a Babylon experience because I saw that, man, I wanted the cake, and I wanted one candle in it, and I wanted to celebrate, but I wasn't there. I was stuck in Babylon with my tears, but you know what? God turned it to shouts of joy because now here we sit 18 years later, and on her 19th birthday, we're getting together with family today. Do you think there's going to be some shouting? There's going to be some shouting, okay? There's going to be some shouting because our God is faithful to his promises. Our God will renew his promise. Our God will keep his promise. Our God will help us when we are in the stage of tears. Man, it just says what? They, what? they weep as they go to plant their seed. But come on, somebody, they what? They sing as they return with the harvest. The, the, these are not wasted tears or years. If you're in your Babylon experience, I'm just telling you, God can renew that. I ha- Listen, these are not just, these, these words I preach, it's not like, hey, I've never lived these things. I don't preach anything. I haven't lived. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, I, I have had more promises that I'm believing for from God. And, and then I've seen, though, him come through with every one of those promises. I know him to be faithful. I know him to be true. I know that when he gets a promise, he will deliver on that promise. Come on, tell three people he's going to deliver. He's going to deliver the goods. He's going to deliver the goods. Because, and this is the thing. So here's Mary and Joseph there. Man, let's just be honest, man, they're tired. They got, they got to be frustrated. Mary's loaded up the minivan. She's got the goldfish crackers. I mean, man, she's, you know, I mean, she, she's down, downloaded Paw Patrol. I mean, they're, all, they're, all, they're headed home. <laughs> they're going home. There ain't no Jesus anywhere. And they know, I got to turn around. We got to go back and get him. You know Mary had to be frustrated. You know she had to be frustrated. she should be like, you know, he might be the savior of the world, but I can still turn him over my knee. I mean, you know, she just had to be a little bit frustrated as a mom, but it says Mary and Joseph, they went back. They went back. They didn't give up. Just go find another kid and call it good. Well, you know, it kind of looks like the Messiah. Good enough. No, I would. none of us as parents would ever do that. But so many times, that's what we do, is we just give up and we just settle and we say, man, you know, at least we're not fighting. At least we're not fighting. You know what? A hundred bucks month of payment on a credit card for the next 30 years. It's fine. I don't even worry about it. I just pay 100 dollars to keep going. I don't need to get out of debt. Uh, you know, just all these things and we we just we we, we settle. You know I, I just we just settle. I want to tell you today, man, don't abandon your promise and settle for good enough. Don't settle for good enough when God has good for you. God has good in store for you. I mean, come on, come on, tell somebody right now, don't settle. Come on, tell somebody, don't settle. Listen, listen, listen. When Chick-fil-A is closed, you don't settle for a McChicken, right? No way. You don't settle. That's good preaching right there. That's good preaching. So Mary and Joseph, they're looking for three days, and they sent out the Amber Alert. They put Jesus on the side of a milk carton. Like, have you seen this Messiah? I mean, they're just, they're looking everywhere. They're distraught. Does anybody find it odd they never thought to look in the temple? <laughs> like, isn't that kind of odd? It's odd to me because it's like, it's God. Like, it's, it's God's son. Where, where else would he be? He Wouldn't he be in the temple? But so many times when we lose sight of the promise, we, we just, man, where are you, God? Where are you? I mean, I, I don't hear your voice. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't sense you with me. So here's what I've been driving at for this whole message. I've been driving for this one moment. I'd like for you to write this down this is pivotal. I'm I mean, telling you, through three decades of believing for the promise of God, I have found this, if you will do this, you do this one thing, you're going to see the promises of God fulfilled. And you're going to see hope restored. You're going to see faith restored. You're going you're to see your shoulders lifted. You're going to be able to believe once again. And I've seen this every time to be true in my life. And here's what I want you to write down. The promise of God is found in the presence of God. The promise of God is is found in the presence of God look look at the words of Jesus 12 years old verse 49 12 years old he says this didn't you know that what i must somebody say i must I must be in my Father's house. See, the temple, we know since the cross and the resurrection, the presence of God dwells within us. But before that, in the Old Testament, the presence of God was manifested, In his presence was there in the temple on this earth, in the Holy of Holies. So where else would Jesus be but in the temple? And when you lose sight of the promise, listen, you got to get an I must attitude. I must be in the presence of of God, all right? If you're not believing, if you've lost hope, if you've lost faith, if you can't see the promise anymore, get into the presence of God. I must get on my knees. I must Pray, I must cry out to God. Because here's what I know. When you get on your knees and you cry out to God, he meets you there. He restores your hope. He renews your faith. He brings the promise to you again. And so you can rise from your knees and walk again. Amen? I mean, this is who God is. You got to get an I must attitude. I, I must be in his word. Listen, the promise giver, he's given us a whole book of promises. This book is nothing but promises from God. And if you need to hear from God, open the word. Listen, I'm, I'm not just preaching this, I'm living it. I've got a promise right now that God gave to me that has been hard for me to stay with. And just this week, I was like, God, man, I'm just believing for this promise, and, 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 and God took me to Psalm chapter 27, verse 13 and 14, and it says this, you will see the goodness of the Lord in your lifetime. And I was like, amen, I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in my life. And then verse 14 says, wait patiently on the Lord. Ah! But then it said, do not be discouraged or afraid. Wait patiently on the Lord. I have been on my knees beside my bed every night since getting that promise, reading it over and over and over again. I will see the goodness of the Lord in my lifetime. I will see the goodness of the Lord. I will wait on you, Lord. I will wait on you. I will not be afraid. I will trust you. And as I've done that, I have seen faith arise within me. I I must, I must be in the house of God. I mean, if Jesus is in the house of God, we got to be in the house of God. Listen, this is what you, isn't faith rising up in some of you right now? It wasn't wasn't there before the service, was it? It's because God inhabits the praises of his people. Like the spirit of God is here. Why? Because he's like, these people want to hear from me. I'm going to show up in that place. And right now you feel your faith rising up. That's why we want to be in the house of God. I come across people all the time. Oh, I'm so discouraged. I'm so depressed. I haven't seen him in six weeks. I haven't seen him in six weeks. I'm like, well, of course you're discouraged. Of course you're depressed. Of course you're ready to give up. But you press into the house of God and have an I must attitude. I don't care how my kids are acting or how they feel. You ain't got a snotty nose. I'm going to put a clothespin on that. I'm sticking you in the nursery because I got to be in the house of God. I must be in the house of God. None of the nursery workers said amen on that one, but that's all right. The promise of God is found in the presence of God. Now, this is not close. This, this, this thought is so, it's so important that you, I don't want to mislead you, okay? So as, as you get into the presence of God, a lot of times we think, well, I'm going to say a prayer, and then, bing, promise is going to be fulfilled. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a hold of a promise and bing, promise. I'm gonna get in church, ping, And then you're gonna be over here, stuck in Babylon. Well, I prayed. I've been reading that promise. I, I, I was in church Sunday. Hello. But I'm, I'm just telling you, like, when, when I found myself in that first birthday, just, God, where are you? And God gave us a promise. Second Chronicles chapter 20 gave me a promise. I can tell you, you ever want to hear that story? I'll tell you that story, how God laid out purposely for me and showed me for the first time ever in my life, almost 20 years ago, showed me. Step by step, what was gonna happen is the craziest thing ever. Even my parents were like, that's crazy. That ain't gonna happen. I go, I don't know how God's gonna do this. This is exactly how he's gonna do it. I mean, it was weird, but it was cool. And I was like, and I watched God. Did we not see God, Lord, do that? Second Chronicles 20, we watched God fulfill every ounce of that promise. And we just began to walk like Psalm 126 and walk towards that promise until that promise was fulfilled in our lives. See, what's gonna happen to you As you pray, as that promise may not be fulfilled immediately, and you're over here in Babylon, but what's going to happen is faith is going to rise up in you. Hope is going to rise up in you. You're going to begin to get a picture, a positive picture, and see the promise again. You've lost sight of it. It looks like destruction. It looks like captivity. But in the midst of your captivity, God is going to show you what it looks like in a healthy way. You're like, that's it. That's what God wants to do for you today.